The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is our sermon text today. And immediately, Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the Gospel of the Lord. And Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as we discover the heart of God, we take a peek into God's heart to heal. And we have to ask ourselves this morning, is there healing that you need in your life? What about physical healing? Perhaps you have a, a chronic illness or diagnosis. Maybe there's incredible pain that you live with. Or perhaps your healing is more of the emotional or mental type, that your mind and your heart is constantly troubled and you're seeking peace. Or perhaps spiritual healing is the healing that you require today, that you struggle with guilt and shame. It's important to remember today that Jesus has a heart to heal. There are so many different healing miracles recorded for us in Scripture and so many more miracles that continue to happen still today. We hear stories of cancer that suddenly disappears or people who are trapped in addiction find recovery or grace and forgiveness that goes into people's hearts and brings healing into relationships that look like they were far beyond repair. Let's take a look, a deeper look at the healing in our text today. And immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. See, we pick up our text right where we left off last week when we heard about and discovered the heart of God, the heart of authority, that Jesus has the authority to, to teach with incredible power and to, to bear that power into incredible miracles and drive out even the enemy, the demons. Today, after people have been amazed, demons have recognized Christ, his fame has spread, we find ourselves still in Capernaum, probably still on the Sabbath day. So far, everything that Jesus has done in his early beginning of ministry this day has been public. But with this text, he brings things into a more intimate stage. Instead of preaching and teaching in the, in the public, he comes into 
the house of one of two of his disciples. He brings it home. It's like the difference between being able to speak and teach and talk about Jesus in this setting, which is powerful, but it becomes so much more intimate when you carry it into your home, when you celebrate a a catalyst group in the home of yourself or someone else, when you have evening devotions or morning prayers with your family, when Jesus is invited to enter into your home. And his words, his love, his gospel really hits home. It's close to home. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And here's where we find out that Simon, this is also the disciple Peter, is married. Now in the New Testament and rabbinical traditions, when somebody is said to have a fever, that's typically attributed to divine punishment or demonic possession in their minds. And as we take a look at our own culture, a mother-in-law carries a bit of cultural baggage. (laughs) Maybe you think your mother-in-law is possessed. Or maybe you're the mother-in-law that somebody else thinks is possessed. Which, by the way, my mother-in-law is currently on the women's retreat, so she's coming back. If you see her, let her know. I don't think she's possessed. She's actually quite a lovely person. And Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. He lifts her up by the hand. Now, all through the New Testament, Jesus heals in a wide variety of ways, right? Some, in this case, he lifts her up by the hand, and others, people simply touch his robe or touch him, or he touches them, or he spits and makes mud with saliva, or sometimes even from a long, long distance, he says, this person has been healed. Jesus does that in just the way that we need Never the same, but just the way that we need. And the result is amazing. Immediately she begins to serve him. Now, if Jesus loves to heal, if he has his heart to heal, as I'm talking about today, then why doesn't he heal everything? And it brings up certain questions. Does he not care about everybody equally? Is he not paying attention? Or perhaps my least favorite, maybe your strength isn't strong enough. These are all lies of the enemy as far as why Jesus doesn't heal everything. Because there's something bigger at work in Jesus' plans to heal. See, not everyone was healed in our text today. At sundown of this Sabbath day, people are free now to move around the city, and so they move right to the door of Simon Peter's house. They long to see Jesus, to have him bring healing to them, and in fact, many of them he does. He heals, he drives out demons, and people are amazed. At the end of the day, he goes to sleep and wakes up early in the morning. And early in the morning, he goes out to pray. When the disciples, they seek him out in order to return him back to town because there's people still there waiting to be healed. 
Certainly Jesus wants to go and finish the job. But this is what he says to them. Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. You see, Jesus' primary focus is preaching, proclaiming the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus' goal was not to heal, transform, and restore an entire town and then move on. His time is limited. The kingdom is at hand, and more people and places need to hear his message. And he went out throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons, preaching and beating back the forces of evil behind all the trouble in the world. Remember, Jesus' primary purpose is to usher in his kingdom, to make the world right, to preach and teach with authority, to suffer and to sacrifice, primarily to restore our relationship with the Father. And to give us the promise that one day everything will be made right. But if we focus on the here and now, if we focus on the miracle, we might just miss the Messiah. See, I've come to learn that some of God's greatest work is done when He doesn't do what we ask Him to. A few examples. Sometimes God does not answer our prayers with a resounding yes and right now because he's desiring to prompt action on our part. I think back almost 20 years ago when I had an opportunity to re-engage with my birth father, estranged from him for 30 years. Found out he was diagnosed with ALS and given just a few years to live. And it prompted in us both a desire to heal a relationship that was broken and damaged. Something I probably would not have been prompted to do without a timeline. And God moved a miracle to overcome 30 years of grudges, wounds, and emotional scars to restore our relationship. Sometimes God's greatest work is to prompt in us a powerful witness. See, a person who has a a relatively problem-free life and points to God is a good thing. But somebody who is experiencing intense amount of struggles and still witnesses to the beauty of God's will and power is incredibly powerful. The cancer patient who is suffering and joyfully still points to Christ speaks volumes. Sometimes it's not to prompt action on our part or provide a powerful witness. Sometimes it's simply to push us to prayer. Again, if we were focusing on the miracles, we might miss out on the Messiah. See, Jesus loves to draw us near and listen to us in our prayer. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Early morning is a quiet and special time to engage in prayer. 
I can imagine Jesus being tired and weary from the night before. Anytime I have a, an intense ministry evening, it's very easy for me just to want to sleep in because it's exhausting. And Jesus, even though he was God himself, as a human, was still vulnerable to exhaustion. And yet he wakes up early in the morning before it even has a chance to get bright out. And he goes off into the wilderness to pray. You see, sometimes we seek rest and refreshment through sleep. And while sleep is a healthy thing, sleep is not the only thing that brings rest. In fact, sleep can sometimes not equal rest. I can take a nap on Saturday after, on Sunday afternoon and wake up even more tired than when I went to sleep. But Sabbath rest always equals rest. Time with God always equals Sabbath rest. And while time and prayer is important all of the time, it's probably even more essential during times of darkness and struggle. It's easy, I think, to have a desire for God to draw near to us, but are we willing to draw near to Him in prayer? Because he is constantly at the ready and waiting willingly to hear our prayers. His ears are always on the line. And see, it's not our job to seek Jesus. In our text today, it says that the disciples were seeking him to return him back. You see, oftentimes when we seek Jesus, it's for our own desires. It's to, to bend God to our will. Jesus, I'm seeking you and your help to make my will be done. But we don't need to seek a Savior who's already pursued us. We simply turn back to Him in repentance and prayer and praise and thanksgiving. And He's there. If Jesus took time away from pressing ministry needs in order to soak in the fellowship with the Father, then we certainly have an even greater need to do so. And if, if the significance of Jesus' ministry is more than simply what he accomplishes, the, the miracles that he, he does, but it's actually the relationship that he has with the Father that he desires to bring back to us, then we certainly have an even greater need for prayer. We have a need for church leaders who not only have good, strong business minds, but who even more have a desire to dig into their time with God in prayer and praise and thanksgiving and devotion. We need elders who make their first priority their relationship with Christ. We need husbands and dads to be spiritual leaders of the family first and foremost by their own relationship with God. To be spending time deepening their relationship through prayer. We need women to be strong Christian people who pursue first and foremost their relationship with their Savior. And we are all to turn back to God who is passionately pursuing us. And then we take comfort 
in all of this and knowing that one day Jesus, our healer, our Savior who has a heart to heal, will one day heal absolutely everything, who will wipe every tear from our eyes, who will, who will hear heal every physical illness that exists today, that every knee and every shoulder and every ankle and every hip will feel like a 17-year-old's, where cancer will be a word that we have just forgotten what it means. He'll bring healing to every emotional and mental illness. Depression and anxiety will give way to joy and peace. And every spiritual illness will be made and fulfilled completely. Every heart will be overflowing with grace and love. There will be a day where 100% of the world's issues will be made right. But let us pursue God because of a desire for a relationship with Him, not for Him to accomplish what we would want. Because sometimes in those unanswered prayers, God works powerfully. He works powerfully to, to produce incredible witness, to, to bring us to prayer, to grow our relationship with Him. And as you pray this week, may it overwhelm you with a peace that passes understanding in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. As you consider God's word spoken today, here's a question that we'd like you to deliberate over and, and ruminate and share with your family and your friends. Your weekly awakening question is this, is there a desire for healing in your life that has you seeking the miracle and not the Messiah.